Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome back to Your Colts Commute, where we break down the most recent Colts news in a digestible format to keep you up to date on what's going on in Colts land. Yesterday, there were several roster moves made by the Colts. They waived tight end Graham Adamidas, running back Darius Anderson, defensive end Demontre Moore, who was placed on injured reserve, wide receiver Courtney Davis, and cornerback Nick Nelson were waived with injury designations. These moves get the Colts down to their required 85 players, which was a necessity for yesterday. And the next cuts actually will take place next Tuesday, August 24th. And that'll be another five players who have to be cut at that point before their bigger cuts later in the month. Injuries, uh, in terms of injury updates, the players who did not practice yesterday, Ryan Kelly, Carson Wentz, Taylor Stallworth, Quentin Nelson, Jordan Glasgow, Noah Togliai, Sky Moore, Danny Pinter, EJ Speed, Tyquan Lewis, Sam Ellinger, and Paris Campbell. Now, a couple of those obviously are probably a little bit surprising and alarming. Sam Ellinger and Paris Campbell both missed practice yesterday with non-COVID-related illnesses, not injuries. So they were not in some kind of way injured, and we didn't know about it, and nothing like that. They had non-COVID injuries or illnesses and are expected to be back in action quickly. But... That did provide Jacob Eason with all teams starting reps, which is something he will need if he wants to assert his spot as the team's long-term starting quarterback or backup quarterback, whatever necessitates uh, based on Carson Wentz's health. Eric Fisher, the Colts' left tackle, is getting sideline work, including some good movement laterally and getting some reps in in terms of mental reps and uh, some calisthenics and things like that on the sidelines in terms of rehab. While a week one return definitely would still be a long shot for him, the Colts have not ruled it out and remain optimistic about his progress, which should certainly be encouraging for Colts fans because we have not seen great left tackle play and having Eric Fisher back and healthy is a big deal. In terms of Jacob Eason and the quarterback play, it was a really big day for Eason, who by all accounts had his best training camp day yet after his really good performance In the game on Sunday night, he carried that performance right over. He was 12 of 16 with one drop from Granson and five completions to T.Y. Hilton, which was new because he and Hilton have had a little bit of a disjointed camp, and seeing the two connect with one another was certainly a breath of fresh air and an encouragement for Colts fans who know that T.Y. Hilton is an important part of the offense, and there needs to be a good, strong quarterback connection with him in order for the offense to really go. Offensive coordinator Marcus Brady spoke about that confidence that he saw in Eason. When asked about it by the media yesterday, he said, 
quote, I saw it today in practice. That's the growth of a young quarterback continuing to get reps, get that live action, and continuing to get more comfortable. Today, you see the decisions were just happening that much quicker. He was seeing it better and feeling confidence in himself that he knows he can play at this level in a live situation. End quote. This was the first practice of note where Hilton's looked like himself and had a really nice toe-tap catch, but it's very good to see that chemistry building with Jacob Eason. Hilton is a fantastic third-down security blanket and really was helpful when he and Philip Rivers got on the same page. He also made a significant impact when Jacoby Brissett was under center. So having a connection with, with T.Y. Hilton will be a big thing for the potential success of Jacob Eason, and it was good to see. Marcus Brady did address an area of concern for Eason as well. Quote, pocket presence is one area we're trying to work on with him, and Scott's doing a great job working it. We're stressing it. We're actually going to take a look at it with the film today because we haven't had the, had them back in the building for meetings yet. But that is one of the areas we want to clean up a lot of. A lot of it is he's getting a little bit too deep in the pocket, and we're going to work on that. Certainly an area of concern. Anyone who watched the game on Sunday recognized that Jacob Eason struggled a little bit with sensing pressure in the pocket, and the Colts are aware of that and are going to make some adjustments. If, in fact, he was getting back too far in the pocket, that's putting extra pressure on the left tackle and getting yourself out of position, making it more difficult to have a clean pocket when you're you're extending that pocket back too far. So definitely good news that they're aware of it and working on the situation. And great news that he had a follow-up good practice. Hopefully that carries on into this preseason game and we can feel even more encouraged about the quarterback position. In other areas on the team, Colts veteran cornerback Xavier Rhodes has been imparting words of wisdom to rookie standout wide receiver Mike Strawn in practice, reminding him to use his size on every down. Quote, that's what's going to get you there. Look at wide receivers like Calvin Johnson, Julio, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, the guys who use their physicality to get paid. That kind of presence from veterans is exactly why the Colts care so much about the culture in their building, and it's very encouraging to see a veteran corner come across, deal with his offensive counterpart, and give him instruction. It's the exact kind of thing that somebody like Mike Strong needs if he's going to make the Colts roster and make an impact, and it's very encouraging to see. And it, it, it makes me really you know, excited to get to watch that happening on the sidelines or in practices for the Colts. As far as camp is concerned, this week the Colts have two remaining practices. The first one is today, and then there will be one more tomorrow. Both practices will be from 10 a.m. to 11.30. Be sure to come out and get a look at the Colts ahead of their Week 2 preseason game Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time in Minnesota. You can check that out and definitely get a probably more accurate view, if not perfect view, of what we're going to see from the Colts Personnel-wise, we'll see more starters. We won't see many, and they probably won't play for long. We'll definitely get a very vanilla version of the offense, so don't expect to see anything too exciting. Frank Reich's not showing his hand on any of his unique tricks. There will not be any special defense done. Matt Eberflus is not opening up any anything unusual there. So if you're expecting something you know, fantastic, you'll probably be disappointed, but it's a good chance to see what the personnel looks like at least. And definitely get a look at Jacob Eason one more time and Sam Ellinger again as well to get to see what those guys are going to look like. Uh, last of all, guys, take some time, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We appreciate it. We're, we're getting more downloads every day, and I don't know if that just comes from consistency or if you guys really appreciate this shorter format. Either way, we're going to continue putting this podcast out and providing news for you daily. Right now, it's a little bit sparse. We'll definitely have some more when we get a couple more injury updates. Definitely some encouraging things there. Some guys coming off the injury list that we 
we saw like DeForest Buckner, who looks like maybe he was back in action. And that's definitely an encouragement. Braden Smith, guys, guys that you're not seeing on that injury list that definitely are a, a note of encouragement. I'd like to see Ryan Kelly come off there in the next couple of days, as Frank Reich said he might. And then we'll really start to see this offense and defense coming back together the way we want to. So uh, definitely rate and review. Appreciate those reviews. They help us know uh, how we're doing. And follow me on Twitter at Chris Blystone, and you can uh, interact with me there. Definitely always appreciate that. Also, uh, you might check out tomorrow evening. I will be on a uh, podcast with some Vikings guys. I'll, I'll throw that up on Twitter with the specifics when I have those, and I'll be doing some live uh, a live show with those guys and just talking about the game and, and getting prepped ahead of Colts versus Vikings. Until then, guys, that's all the news we've got, and I will catch you guys tomorrow. I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.